What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports with me, Sebastian Oren, Pauli Christel, and Elliot Niblock. The trio is back after we were without Pauli last show. So no sirens for a bit, at least. Uh, we'll see how it goes today. We can always hope. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> Pressure on you to bring the sirens, though, now, just because uh, I mentioned it. Yep. I'm sure someone will commit some crime or someone will need to go to the hospital in the next 30 minutes. There we go. <laughs> Seems yep. probable, given the population density. Yeah. New York City, ladies and gentlemen, New York City. So let's get into it right away here. The, uh, the transfer window is still open for another two weeks just over two weeks and the biggest talking point right now is alexis sanchez and oh, nope you got it wrong no well we just discussed right before we hit record that we didn't come up with a rundown today mainly because i'm tired uh and i said i think <laughs> we could figure out what the top stories are it's not a hard week and already seb got it wrong how okay, is that? Well, what? Yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell how us, is that wrong? Bestow upon us your wisdom of what the, the biggest top transfer article is. Well, though. well, I mean, I guess, I guess if we're starting with the transfers, but like, I don't know, a couple of bigger things happened this weekend besides the transfer market, which is, which so far nothing has happened. It's just, yeah, it's, we're gonna have to decide whether I'm buying an Alexis Sanchez jersey or Elliot has to buy it for me. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's going to be a clause written into this contract. But I, I tell you what, like, though, Paul, you should you should try to find it. <laughs> I don't like. First of all, I'm not even like a big fan of this deal. I don't. I just I don't know where Alexis fits into our team. Obviously, he's a really, really, really good player. I'm just I'm a fan of flexing our muscles over Arsenal. What? Well, which Jose is clearly a fan of, also, which is the only reason that this is on the table to begin with. Well, it's not the only reason. Like, but still, I wouldn't call this. I wouldn't call this the biggest story of the weekend. Well, in terms of transfer gossip, it is, right? Because it looked for all the world that Man- that Manchester City were going to have Alexis Sanchez, whether it was January or the summer, and now suddenly it's, well, maybe City are pulling out. Manu are explicitly and openly in for him. Maybe Chelsea are also preparing a bid. Yeah, it's it's well, yeah, silly the silly season. Also, like, that seems reason... to love, and I freaking hate. I mean, I, do I love, love it. I love reading about it too. It's just like I don't like to waste time talking about it because it is ultimately just rumors. It's just gossip. We don't know what's happening. I still don't even know if this is a good deal for us. Um, like, like the reason that we're really trying to get this deal is, I would say, like ninety-five percent of it is just so that he doesn't end up on City. Yeah, which no, but that makes a ton of like that makes a ton of sense. You know, the even if you take bragging rights out of it entirely, which you never can, right? Like that's <laughs> clearly not only what you but also Jose wants over Arsene Wenger and Arsenal, but you weaken two of your rivals by signing Alexis Sanchez at Old Trafford. And so therefore uh, it makes uh, Are we really weakening City like you know, they're, okay. they're doing Okay, let, let me rephrase that. that. You prevent them from strengthening further. <laughs> but, I mean, like, first of all, I'm so confused. As to, other than the fact that City just want the shiniest toy in the store all the time, like, what are you trying to get Alexis Sanchez for? You know, City look like that they have a really good plan in place because they have Sergio Aguero's on the older side. 
um, and he's getting up there in age. But they also have Gabriel Jesus, who is young and by all means very, very good coming up. Then their their actual attacking players are Kevin De Bruyne, who is you know right now entering like the prime of his career. Yeah. Uh, David Silva's up there in age, but the rest of them they have Bernardo Silva, young, Raheem Sterling, young. I mean, like they've got young guys all over the place. But so I how mean, are you going for somebody who's? Uh, I don't. Even, I'm gonna look up how old he is, but I know for a fact he's. This is like his last contract. Twenty nine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, in many ways, you're right. But at the same time, this is what happens when you have the oil billions cheat code on. You can afford to splash some cash on a player who's essentially a strengthening your squad for the Champions League because he's not cup-tied squad player. Right, but... And what the other thing that I don't get is, you know, like, you make good points. Yes, you have the chance to add such an incredible player, but, you know, you're doing fine without him. And then what, ha- like, is, what happens when he comes in and it's like, you can't just p- say, oh, you're really going to primarily be in the... Cha- uh, a player for the Champions League, and we may not use you as much in the Premier League. This is Alexis Sanchez. If you're spending all this money on him, you got to play him. And how does well, that and affect he's the also, rest of the team? Yeah, because not only do you have to play him because he's a quality player, but he's also the kind of player who I think, need, having watched him at Arsenal, and I've seen him in both scintillating and also pretty bad form at the Emirates, and he's the kind of player that needs to, he needs minutes to find rhythm. And when he's in rhythm... He's a world beater, and when he's out of rhythm, the only way that he gets it back is, like, he's he's not a player who needs to get in his own head, right? Like, he just goes home and plays with his golden retrievers, Adam and Humber, and then he needs minutes on the pitch. So, honestly, I hope he goes to City not only because it would take a lorded-over-you moment away from Jose at Old Trafford, but also because I think it'll, it could potentially be a disaster for both the player and and for Manchester City, which obviously I'm rooting for, because if he's cheer- if he's playing for anybody but Arsenal, I hope that it implodes. Like I'm I'm just going to be honestly partisan about that. I wish him and I wish him his dogs I, all the best. But on the pitch, if you're leaving the Emirates, I hope you play like garbage. Well, if, if you, you really I... if you really wanted to hit Arsenal where it hurts, then you just sign him on a pre contract for the summer, so you don't have to pay Arsenal. Yeah, which uh, and why. It surprises me that none of these clubs have done that yet. Yeah, because they're all they're all well within their rights to approach him to do so. Mm, not in England. He can do that. Oh, he can only yeah. do it abroad. He can only do it abroad. Uh, yes. Uh, one red flag though that I have with Sanchez, I would love to see him on United. It is his attitude though, because he has been a little pouty, little whiny McWine face at Arsenal. But he might. I think you're right, Seb, but he might change his tune, right? Because he was he was that a little bit before he left Barcelona, and he was a consummate professional for at least you know his first two and a half years at Arsenal. Yeah, but that's the thing. I, I don't like the fact that as soon as he doesn't get his will, he's going to be just arms crossed and be like, "Man, I'm I'm." Well, but here's man. what I'm saying: is that you know if. If a similar grace period ensues wherever he lands mm-hmm. after leaving Arsenal, then 
you'll have that two-year grace period, and by then, he's 31, and he's old hat, and he's over the hill. Dear God, I'm the same age. What am I saying? The, the other concerns <laughs> the other concerns that I have are, you know, like, where does he fit into the team? The team has needs. This team is not perfect. They have needs. But up top and the wide positions, unless you're getting an actual legit winger, yeah, like, which he's no, not. He's more of a wide forward. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So, you know, you already have plenty of wide forwards who are playing pretty well in terms of Martial, Rashford. You have Juan Mata who does great things, and I'm sure Jose Mourinho is just looking for ways to not have to play him, which is ridiculous. Yeah. You have Jesse Lingard who's doing great. Uh, you're doing fine without Henrik Mkhitaryan. I mean, my fine is you're still in second place. Uh, you're, you're kind of out of the title. Or is it just somebody who has been having a really good season is going to have to sit. And who's mm-hmm. that going to be? Well, I think Mkhitaryan and, is an in- interesting point. Mkhitaryan is young. is very interesting because Mourinho sort of played a little bit coy there because there are speculations that Mkhitaryan would be a part of this deal. Right, then yeah. he'd go the other way. So, Which um, I, I think that probably the only way that they're going to be able to get it to happen is that if they say Mkhitaryan, it's a straight-up one-for-one player swap, but also United have to pay some of his wages because Arsenal are not paying 200,000 quid a week. Like, And he's also, you know, he he's in a, a place that he can... He doesn't have to take a pay cut, right? But or, I don't think Arsenal are going to pay those wages. So it's tricky. But at the same time, you know, if... And again, I, Paulie, I'm, I'm more with you than I am with Seb in terms of our general opinions about the transfer window like the silly season stuff i find it infuriating potentially non-real nonsense to talk over and over about but at the same time in that hypothetical scenario in which arsenal sign mikatarian and also obama yang from dortmund i great awesome that we are a stronger squad without alexis and with both mikatarian and obama yang and there, you know, I understand that there are also I hate players it. I hate in their because, place, like, it's true. You know, I hate it because the, whatever the club tweets now, whether it's something like good or, or even if it's one of the nonsensical things, and you just get all the fans that respond and they just go, announce Alexis or make a sign. Like, can we make a sign? Like, dude, it's first of all, it's January. Signs don't happen. Second of all, it's like we've already spent <laughs> God only knows how much money. Like, how much more money are you demanding to sign for a team that, really can't buy much better players than the ones that they have. You just, you need a manager that can get them to play at their best. And right now, as much as he's been trying to offload Anthony Martial, the dude's play, the dude has nine goals and eight assists this year. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's doing a lot better than last year. Say Alexis Sanchez, for example. (laughs) Yeah. Who has, I believe, eight goals and four assists. (laughs) Or last year when he had eight goals and eight assists. It, and this is all competition, so mm-hmm. uh, like it, I just it, it boggles my mind. And also, if we're going to sign a player that plays in that position that we don't really need, sign Paulo Dybala. Like I, 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 I like the idea of flexing our muscles over Arsenal, but like sign the younger player who's better and like really freaking good. I mean, Dybala would be a. I would love to see him too. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea though are. Reportedly interested in Sanchez as well. Now Conte has liked him for a long, long time ever since he was at Udinese. Speaking of Chelsea, yes, this was all right. So 
this wasn't the top story. These weren't the top stories of the weekend, um, which we'll get to, I guess, after the break or something. But if we're going transfers, <laughs> the top transfer story of the weekend is the fact that Chelsea are looking at Andy Carroll to solve their scoring problems. That's who they 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 are now. Like as of this afternoon, they are in in the mix for Sanchez. But this morning, the reports were they're looking into Andy Carroll to see if they could solve their scoring woes. Which um, the the shortest answer I can give them is no, it won't. And I mean, what a disaster that would be—a hilarious disaster. Yeah, yeah, it would be. I I I don't put. I don't know. I I put that a whole stockyard full of bulls on the BS meter, but if it happened, I would laugh and I would laugh so hard because it would just remind me of when Liverpool signed him and when Chelsea signed Torres and all of it was just like and when Chelsea signed Demba Ba, like (laughs) (laughs) the list of bad strikers that have played for Chelsea is actually pretty like, like just average strikers that you knew were just having good seasons. Um, the list of the ones that signed for Chelsea and Manchester city is like hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see what happens there, but Chelsea, you could see too, cause there's been so many, you know, reports with real Madrid going after Eden Hazard and with the season real is having, they're probably going to be spending a lot of money in the summer. So bring in Sanchez, have sort of a backup plan if Hazard leaves. That makes a lot of sense. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's get into one of the... No, let's take our break and then we get into the games. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back after these quick words. Okay, and we're back. Liverpool 4, Manchester City 3. That was sort of the highlight of the weekend as far as the games go. Nope, you're wrong again. No. <laughs> what, okay, what is it that you what? think is so incredible? Antonio Valencia scored a goal with his left foot. A nice goal with his left foot. Oh, boo! Boo, I'm going to kick you off this that call. Seriously. The most incredible oh, thing to have happened all weekend. No way. No, okay, whatever. Look. Manchester, Manchester City, City's undefeated season ended in a seven-goal thriller. Cool. You know what? That happens every year. They lose a game every freaking year. Liverpool yeah, but that a, was that, a, that was not Liverpool certain this year. Lead, had a three-goal lead that they nearly blew. That happens every month. Antonio Valencia yes. doesn't even make a freaking three-yard pass with his left foot, let alone take a <laughs> curling shot that goes in. And that is something that you will never see again. That was the biggest story of the week. Now we can talk about Liverpool and and, and uh, City because that was an absolutely fantastic game. And the biggest story out of that game was that new fan song that dropped like Sunday morning, which is just absolute fire. Yeah, well, that's that's part that I will admit I missed from this match is you the missed, absolute. Oh fire god, match. it was all over Twitter, and then they like played it at halftime, and all the fans were singing like like they know the words, like like this song has been around for years. Like, it, it's about selling Coutinho. Like, oh, that's it great. can't actually be that new. <laughs> I mean, that old. Well, it could, it could be six months old. <laughs> that's true. So, yes, yeah, a highly entertaining game there. I would say that that 
easily tops Valencia scoring with the left foot. <laughs> against that is a, a rarer and more incredible moment. Against a sucky team that's look like they're going to get relegated. Um, but we'll get to that game in a couple of minutes here. So, yeah, for the non-biased viewer or for the average viewer, a 4-3 game that turned out extremely interesting towards the end. Uh, you thought it was done and dusted. Liverpool had a... Did you? A 4-1 to lead <laughs> with 10 minutes to go, yes. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was, I was up in Boston this weekend. I was watching the game with two people that... Um, that don't really watch soccer. They understand what's going on, but they're not really fans. And when Liverpool scored that goal to go 4-1, and my friend was just like, all right, that's game, it's over. And I went, probably, but, like, you don't know. And he, he just looked at me and he goes, dude, there's 20 minutes left. Like, they're down three goals, and, and this blue team can't do anything with the ball. And I went, you don't understand how good <laughs> Manchester City is and how bad Liverpool's defense is. And they can be terrible. And I sent a text to my friend, to my friend who's a Liverpool fan. I said, I love how everybody right now, and I went, and me included. I was like, I'm not trying to chirp you. This is me included. We're all just acting like this game is over and it's in the bag, even though we've seen Liverpool this season <laughs> blow three goal leads to teams with significantly less firepower than Man City. I don't know. When, I can't think of a single City team like that. that. Second Not goal. one in London, anyway. Not one. <laughs> when City scored that second goal, I was like, ooh, game on. Game on. And mm-hmm. and they came real close to getting an equalizer. I thought they needed to yep. get one. I thought they needed to get their third goal, like, in the 80s. Had they gotten their third goal in, like, the in between the – before stoppage time. If we hit the 90th minute and it's 4-3, I thought they would have leveled. They would have gotten the equalizer, which they came really close to doing anyway. Yep, but they ended up losing. That was the first defeat of the season. So no perfect season for the city. Uh, yeah, but the biggest, still, that was the biggest still Arsenal win of the, the day. Only, like, yep, they yeah. still have but a they tor- were Everything went poorly for Arsenal. They they had that. That was a win for them. Yeah, still a 12-point gap down to local rivals Manchester United. So still no title race. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Arsenal. Let's get into that one. A 2-1 defeat to Bournemouth. That was a rough one, eh, Elliot? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know where to begin, and anything that I would say would be unsurprising an old hat, because you guys, everybody at home has heard it all before. Right? Well, it's... let's start with, you know... Arsenal grabbing the lead, 52nd minute. Hector Bellerin, you know, it looked, they looked fired up. He was pumped. He was so pumped. Yeah, and, and I think that he's pumped in part because he gets forward well a lot, but he doesn't actually score as many goals as you would like. But he's mm-hmm. got a pretty good shot on him, as we saw with that one. And well, Sounds like a right back from the... Manchester. <laughs> Oh, God. And then I, it all came I, crashing down. Four excellent minutes by Bournemouth. Some questionable defending by Arsenal. No, no, and... no. Yeah, no, I, I, that is totally wrong. That is not four excellent minutes by Bournemouth. It is four journeyman quality bottom table Premier League attacking football minutes 
that are met with just profligate and inept defending coupled with blind, just terrible mistakes by check and net. And it was, yeah, it, it, no, it was, it was Arsenal's collapse is the narrative of this game. And you ask the cherries about it. You ask Bournemouth supporters and they're, they're not going to be quick to tell you about how their amazing prowess that they had inside of five minutes is what did it. They will be the first to tell you that it was Arsenal's hilarious collapse once again that allowed them to take all three points from a game that Arsenal could and should have won. And it's happened time and time again. And anybody, anybody who supports Arsenal and thinks that Arsene Wenger should remain as their manager and isn't also taking a paycheck from the club, tell me about it because I oh. don't think you exist. Oh, 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 that's where it's going to get. That's where it's going to get interesting. First of all, Let's not forget, Bournemouth in the past have beaten Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and then the following week they, they beat Manchester United at home. So Yeah, but they, mi- they wanna... never beat Arsenal at home before this. Right, but as much well, as I want to laugh at Arsenal about it, it's like, well, uh, you know, they, this has happened before, and it happened to me. Yeah, I'm um, not. I'm not saying that they're. I'm not saying that they're a bad side. Let me let me clarify my comments. Oh, on that they because... are worse this year than they were than they have. Yeah, been well, in, no, in but they haven't. Like what they've done recently, their form has been absolutely atrocious. They they have won what like two of their last nine. It might it might only be one of their last nine. No, like, I mean in their last four league games, they have two draws and two wins. That's always something. That okay. Two draws and two wins. Fine. It's better form than we've had recently. That is better than Arsenal. Yes. It. I'm clearly. I'm upset about this. Yes. <laughs> I. I mean, as you should be. Yeah. But here's, but here's what's gonna happen now. Here's what's gonna happen now. Arsene Wenger touchline ban done. So he returns to the touchline. Arsenal go on a winning streak, and all of a sudden it's like, oh well, they got Arsene Wenger back, and all of a sudden they're winning. Clearly, not having him was worse than having him. Yeah, but this is this is your. I'm a United fan and I hate Arsenal, so therefore I'm going to say Wenger in. <laughs> of course, I'm saying Wenger in, but that's not what this is. This is this is me coming up with ridiculous out of the box theories that, like, far more often than they should actually come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's if if Arsenal sign. The two players we already talked about, Mkhitaryan and uh, Aubameyang, and obviously Alexis is gone. And they also signed Malcolm from Bordeaux. They still, they still will be underdogs to finish top four if Arsene Wenger is at the helm. Uh, yes, you're tracking. Well, right now you have eight points up to Chelsea in fourth. So yes, that's a tough one, even with those players. I mean, it's it's infuriating or laughable, depending on your subject position. Chelsea got a scoreless draw at home to Leicester, which would say that Spurs took a 4 nothing win oh, at home to Everton. Just, duh, we're just glossing over that game. That was a good game. And Chelsea were, until Leicester got, went down to 10 men, which was like with 12 minutes to go, Chelsea were not the better team. Hmm. And if anybody looked like they were going to win that game, it looked like it would be Leicester. No, it was a pretty lackluster performance by Chelsea. More rumors that Conte might be out after this season. See what happens there. Um, Dude, this 
that area of the table is just so ridiculous. Burnley have gone at least five games. I think it's six without a win. Mm-hmm. And they are still in seven yep. because in the past 10 games between the two of them, Leicester and Everton have combined for one win. Yeah, that's pretty poor. And Wat- Watford only have Watford's one win, too. Watford's in there, too, and yep. they have one win. And that is that is 8-9-10. That is 7-8-9-10. Oh, and Arsenal only have one win in there. So 6-7-8-9-10 have combined yep. to win three games in their last five. The definition of mediocrity, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep. There we go. Yeah, United took, or we should say Harry Kane got two goals in that win against Everton. He keeps just keeps on scoring. United 3-0 win here on Monday over Stoke. They opened up with that Valencia goal. Then Martial and Lukaku also ended up on the score sheet. Paul Pogba had a very nice game. Two assists. Paul Pogba was fantastic in this game. Yes, as he, should, passing, as he should be against a passing, very poor side. Yes, but it wasn't just the fact that he was like teasing them with the ball at his feet. Like his, He was making 40-yard passes that were right on the money, which... You know, that has nothing to do with the team that you're playing against. Which they also should be. Yeah, as they should be too. This game this game was embarrassing that they only won 3 nothing. Stoker so bad that every... Like, Nemanja Matic was playing with them. Chris Smalling and Phil Jones were making moves on the ball against these guys and, like, walking through the midfield. How we didn't get better chances and actually finish them was a joke. But, oh, God, Stoker bad. They are. And, I mean, the, I'll give them a little bit of slack since the weather was so bad. It was oh, yeah, coming down hard. No, no, I'm saying United. As far as not winning more by a larger margin. I'll give them that. It yeah, was. I mean, they, they walked into the box. Like, like the, getting the ball into the Stoke box was like, a knife going through warm butter, and then for some reason they still like weren't getting shots. They didn't pummel them with shots. The shots were actually pretty even for both teams. Uh, yeah, they had nine shots on target. Still got five. Yeah, sure. in the middle of the second half it was four four, yeah. and somehow Stoke aren't even like Stoke are not even at the bottom yet. Like how freaking bad is Swansea? Yeah. Pretty poor. So, new Stoke manager, Paul Lambert, was in the stands. What do we know Paul Lambert for? Well, he's been the manager at Blackburn, Aston Villa, Norwich. What can he do? Can he save this team from relegation? Well, Elliot, how do you feel about another manager who, by the way, um, we listed off all the clubs, none of which are in the Premier League anymore. He did have Premier League stints with Norwich and Aston Villa, but clearly wasn't a great Premier League manager, and he's getting another shot. Yeah, well, um, he. <laughs> uh, I wanted Blackburn to be good. <laughs> that's, about, that's about what I've got for you. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if he can, if he can keep him up. Um, Um, well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe the the new manager effect will carry through, but I kind of doubt it. And I think the fact that Martin O'Neill explicitly rejected their offer is, I, I don't know. It's probably sixty forty 
his current job versus how shambolic things are at Stoke, <laughs> why he rejected it. But I, I would not. Well, okay, I would not bet on them to stay up. But then again, I've got to open bet on Crystal Palace to go down, and we all know that bet is probably not going to come through. That sounds about as bad as my bets have been this these past two weekends. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I did make that bet in like mm, October. Last oh, last seven games, last seven games. Guess where Crystal Palace are in the form table? Uh, behind behind mm. City and City. <laughs> no, they're beyond a few other teams. They're sixth. Yeah. Liverpool, no, City, Spurs, Chelsea, United, Palace, and they're one point behind United and Chelsea. Yeah, that's pretty good. They. Um... Took that one nothing win over Burnley, so they're up to twelfth now. So good for you, Roy. Good for you. It's, we, I mean, we discussed it at length. Roy Hodgson is not a bad manager. He just nope, he's not. He got a he, he got a rough deal at Liverpool, a, and then England manager, you can never win. Yeah, never exactly. Win. And he was, and he, you know, he wasn't killed for being a bad manager. There, he was killed for like being conservative, and the fact that. You know, his best players happen to play 90 minutes in 50-something matches for all of their teams, and they, they were just out of gas, which yeah. I guess I guess he could have done something by, like, you know, not starting Harry Kane in every single game. And, but, yeah. Well, if you're England now, you I mean, I think Southgate's going to do the same thing. I mean, I, I, Yes, at this point, like, you kind of have to start Hurricane every game. But, like, you know, you go into a tournament and you say we have three group stage games. I started Hurricane the first one. He looked a little bit off the pace and a little tired. I'm going to start Jamie Vardy in the second one. Yeah. You know, like, you could you could do that and say, well, we'll bring on Kane later in the game when we need him. Yes. Let's, yeah. You no, I mean, can I can do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, obviously, we'll talk more about that later. But you got to cap oh, yeah. him in everyone. You don't got to start him in everyone. Let's uh, round things off with uh, our favorite Dutchman, Louis van Hal, who recently... Uh, <laughs> uh, He's not even my 10th favorite Dutchman. I know, I know, I know. He uh, had an interview with the Daily Mirror, and he said that he turned down the Belgian job just to spite Manchester United and force them to pay him money. No, Belgium didn't want him because they said he came in with the most exhaustive interview and he bored the shit out of them. Hey, he said that's, that he's, uh, yeah. he said that he said no to them. So that's yeah. He's also uh, an imperfect human who is capable of lying. He said, he said no to them because you know, how that phone call went, somebody called him up and he said, Louie, we got bad news for you. And he goes, no, I have bad news for you. I don't want the job. <laughs> as, as they called to say, no, like you, you we're not giving you the job. It was. It, it, it started out by him saying, now, let's talk about Eden Hazard at right wing back." Yep. <laughs> Thoughts. Thoughts. Yes. So he said he turned. He said he turned it down so that United would have to keep paying him. So we'll leave you with that. As always, you can. Brian Giggs is a, as an international manager now. Yes, he yes, is the new he, manager that for Wales. Fun at trying him to turn Gareth Bale into himself. Yep. Oh God. I mean that's that's a pretty good guy to model. I mean, gigs. And Phil Neville is taking over the England ladies. Is that a done deal? 
I believe so. Who's going to run Salford City? Skulls? Skulls is like more one of the more hands-off people. Mm. Uh, I mean, he gets a say in everything. It's really Gary Neville. Gary Neville like does everything. They, the like the chairman of the club is like Gary Neville's the most demanding person I've ever met. But I can believe that. Yeah, they've but they have really turned that club around. Okay, we'll leave you with that as always. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Nor and Paulie's P. Questel. Elliot is Keith was better. Give Fanrick Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again later in the week. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.